some little cooler weather, but hey, this is a blackberry winter. They're blooming everywhere. And uh, so, uh, yeah, maybe we'll have some blackberry cobbler for too long. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sugar-free? Okay, all right. All right, hallelujah. But uh, it, won't, it won't be long. We'll be begging for cooler weather. Amen. It'll heat up soon, very soon. Again, it's great to see everybody out, especially great to see Kelly back with us and her family. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. It's great to have y'all with us today. I want to uh, to remind everybody of a couple things. Of course, this being the first Sunday uh, is Mission Sunday, and that was brought out, and we t- uh, talked about that. Uh, and uh, being the first Sunday, it is Layman Sunday, and uh, we want everybody to uh, make a special effort to be back out tonight. Uh, Brother Chase Mabry is going to be speaking tonight. Man, hallelujah. Talked to him here a while back. We was talking about a particular thing, and I feel like it's very important in the kingdom of God and uh, some things that the Lord has dealt with him about. And uh, uh, so he's going to be speaking tonight. And so uh, be back tonight at 6 o'clock. Next, uh, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Uh, we want to uh, remind everybody um, of that. Uh, and um, uh, we uh, uh, are thankful and, and for the mothers and grandmothers that uh, that we have. And uh, if you are, you still have your mother with you. You are blessed. Amen. Hallelujah! You are you are blessed. Amen. And uh, uh, please uh, don't take that for granted, because you're not going to have them with you always. Amen, and uh, but uh, that will we'll be honoring mothers uh, next uh, Sunday. So we got uh, two more Fridays to go for the Murray family uh, being in South Africa, and I'm bringing this up. This is Mission Sunday. I, I appreciate uh, everybody, uh, all the individuals that stepped up to the plate. We made a commitment. Brother Murray asked uh, if our church would do this for them every day of the week since they have been gone, uh, and they've been. It, it goes way back to March, but uh, he's got uh, uh, different churches, literally all over the United States. Different people from various churches have been fasting uh, every day, different days of the week, uh, giving them a prayer covering and. Uh, there's two more Fridays to go, so this coming Friday is open and the Friday after that. And if you would uh, uh, be willing to uh, uh, to fast one of those Fridays, praying for Brother Murray and his team while they're in South Africa doing missions work, uh, please let me know so I can uh, get that uh, down on the list because we want to make sure um, that uh, it is covered and that... Uh, uh, that's the Fridays is um, is is our church's day of the week to do that, and so uh, if you uh, would like to, please let me know after after service. God is good, and all the time. Let's clap our hands one more time to the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We're going to be going to the book of John today, the fourth chapter, a very well-known passage of Scripture. Uh, And there's some things out of here that we want to talk about and share with you uh, this morning. And I ask that you will pray for us as we attempt to minister and uh, also have one more uh, request. Uh, This coming Tuesday, uh, I will be going to uh, a DOT physician and taking DOT physical. And this is the second time around for me. It is imperative that I pass this DOT physical this Tuesday. So uh, write that down on your prayer list, if you would. Pray that... um, Everything, uh, my, my sugar level, my blood pressure level, and everything else will be squared away. So uh, I, uh, Lord willing, two more years is all I have to concern about getting through that. But I need to try to make it this next uh, two more years. So uh, I will be doing that this coming uh, Tuesday. So I would appreciate your prayers on that. John chapter 4, and we're going to, I'm going to read more verses than what I normally do for a text, but I want everybody to get the, uh, uh, the story here. We're going to read the first 14 verses. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, He left Judea and departed again unto Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sachar, near uh, to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour, which would be about noon. Uh, There cometh a a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence hast thou that living water? Art thou greater? Then our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle. Jesus said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up unto everlasting life. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you that you have given us a privilege to come to your house. We don't 
think of it as having to be here or be here out of obligation, but we thank you, God, and we thank it as a privilege to be able to come to your house to worship you and to hear from your word. And now, God, as we get into that word today, I ask for your anointing and your strength to help me to deliver the message that you've given and placed upon my heart today that everyone here, when they leave here, will go away full and satisfied, lifted up and encouraged, refreshed and renewed by the Spirit of God and the power of your word. In Jesus' name, let the church say, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to speak today. I'm not going to be talking, even though we read the scripture, I'm not going to be talking directly about the woman at the well. But I want to speak today on the subject titled, The Resurrection of the Soul. The Resurrection of the Soul. We think a lot and talk a lot in church circles about when Jesus comes again, and about the day of resurrection when the, the graves are going to burst open and everybody's going to rise up. Resurrected, all those who are, are uh, dead in, uh, in Christ. Hallelujah. That reminded me of a little funny uh, situation one time. Of, uh, a Baptist guy and a Pentecostal guy was talking about spiritual things and everything. And finally, the Baptist fellow couldn't get nothing else on him, so he told the Pentecostal guy uh, something that uh, put him on top. He said, well, he said, uh, at least when Jesus comes, the Baptists are going to be the first ones to get up. And he said, how you figure that? He said, well, what you just told me, we don't... Uh, that um, that we are dead, and so we are dead in Christ. Hallelujah. So we're coming up first. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But there is something far more important that we need to consider than just the resurrection of the body. And that is the resurrection of the soul. Hallelujah. That is the most important thing that we in this life need to be concerned about is the resurrection of the soul. You see, when God created man, man was formed of the dust of the earth. But the man was only a body of useless clay, unable to reason, speak, or move until God breathed into him. Then everything forever changed because man had life. Hallelujah. Genesis 2 and 7 tells us about that. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm glad for the breath of God today. What about you? Hallelujah. I'm glad for the Spirit of God. Amen. Able to come in to give life. The life God gave Adam allowed him to experience all the splendor and the beauty of the world around him. 
peace, joy, and contentment was forever flowing from his heart. Now, now stop and think about this for a minute. When God created Adam and Eve, placed them in the garden, peace, joy, contentment, constantly flowing from their heart. Adam didn't know hurt. He didn't know pain. He didn't know disappointment, anxiety, worry. Everything, everything was perfect. He lived in a utopia. Everything was perfect. Nothing ever went wrong. Wow. Nothing ever went wrong. Can you imagine living in a world where nothing ever goes wrong? Sister Darlene usually gets on me, gets on me sometimes because I get frustrated and I say, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And she said, it ain't faith. <coughs> but stop and think about it. Adam and Eve never had a bad day. Eve never had to wear a hat because she was having a bare head, bare, a bad hair day. I've had to use a hat because I was having a bad hair day sometimes. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't wear a hat much, but sometimes I do. And if you see me in a hat, it might be because I'm having a bad hair day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> but stop and think about it. You know you're going to have a bad day when you wake up in the hospital, wrapped up from head to toe, your arms and legs in traction, and your insurance agent comes by and says, well, your accident insurance covers you falling off the roof, but it don't cover you hitting the ground. <laughs> you know you're having a bad day. You know you're going to have a bad day when you call suicide prevention and they put you on hold. You're having a bad day if you got a twin brother or sister and they forget your birthday. Hallelujah. Huh. Or finally, finally you're having a bad day or you know you're going to have a bad day when you go into work and the boss stops you and say, don't bother to take your coat off. Hallelujah. We all have experienced bad days. We've all experienced things going wrong. Hallelujah. But Adam and Eve never had a bad day. Nothing ever went wrong. And this was all possible because the life of God, the life that God breathed into Adam did far more than just animate his body. It also energized his soul 
and it gave him purpose, love, and appreciation of life and the nature, all nature around him, but most of all, it gave him an appreciation of his God. Hallelujah. But then, after sin entered Adam's heart, it killed and destroyed the life in his soul. Along with all the benefits which was a part of that life. That is why the Apostle Paul wrote about being dead in sins. Hallelujah. You see, that's why I'm preaching today about the resurrection of the soul. Paul said we were dead in sins. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 reads like this. And you hath he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you were one, you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath just as others. Somebody say, but God... But God, who is rich in mercy, O glory, because of his great love, which he hath loved us. Amen. I'm glad to know today that I didn't have to do nothing for God to love me. If I had to do something for God to love me, I would be in bad shape. I would definitely have a bad, be having a bad day. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead and trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. I thank God we ought to give God a hand clap of praise on that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, even though we were breathing, yet we were dead men, we were dead women in need of a resurrection. And that's why the first part of my message today, I want to let you know that Jesus came to bring us back from the dead. Hallelujah. He came to bring us back from the dead. Now I realize we all are longing for the resurrection of the body, as I said in the beginning of my message. But most importantly is the resurrection of a soul. And this only happens through the life that Jesus brings. Hallelujah. Now, if your body has things wrong with it, there's certain things you can do most of the time to correct it. You go to the doctor, take some kind of medicine, or maybe you just <clears throat> like me and out of shape and you decide to run around the block. <clears throat> and I about decided the next time I go to the doctor, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's right to lie. 
I don't, I, you know, I know what the Bible says that all liars have their part in the lake of fire. So if I, I, got, I got a good feeling, the doctor's probably going to ask me if I've been running around the block before I go to this office. I'm going to go out back. I got a stack of brick old blocks out there. And I'm going to lay one down and I'm going to do this. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I can say I run around the block. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there are things if we are willing to do, <laughs> we can do if we got a problem with our body. But if there's a problem with the soul, only the life of Jesus, Brother Jeff, can take care of that. Only the life that Jesus brings can take care of that. And I come to tell you today that Jesus came to bring us back from the dead because our soul was dead in trespasses and sins. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Let's see what that says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. Notice that now. Verse 4, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He came, he had life. Nobody else had it but Jesus, but he came bringing it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Verse 9, that was a true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. John 10 and 10 is one of my favorite passages. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Jesus don't want you just to have life. He wants you to live. He wants you to live life to the fullness. He wants you to experience everything that you can experience, amen, out of life. Jesus came to bring that kind of life. He wants you to have life, but not just have life, but have it more abundantly. Glory. The soul is resurrected at the moment of the new birth. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit breathes life into that spiritual man who has been dead to God because of sin. John chapter 5, verse 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Now, if you go back to John 5 and you read the verses above that and all through that and leave that, you'll understand that this was not the resurrection of the body that he was talking about. 
when he said the hour is coming and now is, not in the future, not somewhere out in time, but the hour is coming and now is, back then, right there, that day that Jesus appeared to him, when the dead, hallelujah, shall hear the voice of the Son of God. Amen. He's not talking about the dead in the graveyard, but he's talking about those dead spiritually, hallelujah, just like I was, just like you used to be, hallelujah. If you hear the voice of God today, preach through the word or through a testimony of song through song, if you will hear that, it will resurrect you. Give him glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to finish this up by talking about revitalizing power of the Holy Ghost or the revitalizing power of the Holy Spirit that God gives. The key factor in the resurrection of the soul is the revitalizing power which comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everybody, everybody needs this resurrection if we are to have eternal life springing up within us as Jesus told the Samaritan woman at the well. It's imperative that you have that resurrection power within you. It's not just an option. It's not just for those who take it because they want to. It's not like it was back when we went to school. We had courses to take. Some courses was required. Some courses was elective. You could elect to take certain things. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, being filled with the Holy Ghost is not an elective thing. It's a requirement. If you want the Holy Ghost and you want to make heaven your home, it's a requirement. Go back and notice the people and read in the Old Testament period under the Old Covenant and compare them to those in the New New Testament. Under the Old Testament, hundreds of times, you will read where the Spirit of God came on people. Hallelujah. But after Calvary, after Jesus was glorified, you read time and time again, he's no longer just coming on people, but he's coming in people. Oh, hallelujah. I've heard some people say, man, I'd like to be back here and live in Moses' time. Uh-uh. No way. I would have done been dead. Hallelujah. When you stop and think about people were stoned to death for a minor thing as picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. Hey, over here, there was only law and judgment. 
grace and truth comes by Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And not only do I not have to just worry about the judgment of the law. And I can remember the difference, folks. Even though it's been a long time now, I can remember the difference back when I was in the church that I was raised in and I would feel the Spirit come over me and I would get happy. And even when the Lord called me into the ministry for the first two or two and a half years, I still will have the Holy Spirit rest upon me and make me feel good and make me cry. I love and appreciate this lady sitting right over here because she has stood with me and it's not just been my ministry down through the years, but it's it's a ministry together. <coughs> and I remember, I used to argue with her when we were going together. I'm feeling the Lord. You see how I feel the Lord when I get up and I go somewhere and preach a revival? But that night, on a Sunday night in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when I stood in line and that man laid hands on me and prayed for me and I fell out slain in the spirit speaking in that unknown heavenly language the next time I got behind the test to minister it was a difference it was a change hallelujah I can not only just preach about the power of God, but it was experiencing it. It was in me. It wasn't just on me. I was filled with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I could transfer that from me unto others. Hallelujah. It's a difference in having the Holy Ghost on you and having it within you. been a long time but I can remember hallelujah it was good then hallelujah but oh my what a difference <laughs> glory to God what a difference when that 
resurrected life comes in you and revitalizes your soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That revitalizing power of the Holy Ghost. Remember what Jesus told the woman at the well, John 4, 4 and 14. Go back and read that one verse. For whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. We should never forget that part from Jesus. Hallelujah. I said, we should never forget that apart from Jesus, you are dead. Unless you connect it to him, you have no life. Hallelujah. What are you saying, Brother Sammy? I'm telling you, unless you've had a resurrection of the soul, you're not going to die sometime in the future. You're already dead and lifeless. The only thing you're waiting for is your heart to stop beating. Amen. Think about that. Unless the power of the Holy Ghost has resurrected your soul, you're not going to die. You're already dead. You're just waiting for your heart to stop. My, my, my. But you can have a resurrection right now by being born again of the water and of the Spirit. I will close with this final scripture in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. <coughs> Praise God. Yes, let's continue to come on and get ready to play and sing something if you would. In that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water.